you'd like to turn to Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to turn there in a moment. I'll do that as well. I'm very blessed by what's come through the worship, what we've been doing in worshipping God together, lifting our eyes to him. It is the start of a new year. don't know what that means for everyone. Whether there's hope, whether there's pain, whether there's, uh, it's school tomorrow. (laughs) Whether that's an exciting thing. Whether people are back at work, whether people are have been back at work for a while, whether there's new things starting up, whether it's, actually, what does tomorrow look like? As we were going through the strange, here we go, this is where my mind goes, I was reminded of Star Trek. There we go. Every episode of Star Trek, uh, The Next Generation, or the one before that, which is just about before my time, started with this voiceover, something along these lines. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to seek out new life and new civilizations, something, 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 to boldly go where no man has gone before. Now our mission is very different to Jean-Luc Picard's or James Kirk's but we're on a mission together. We've got the word of God that compels us and helps us and leads us. In one sense, we might be in a place that we haven't been before, but he's with us and he is for us. I love that we started, as Clara read, those words from Psalm 46. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their singing, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. And it goes on, it goes on, that the Lord Almighty is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. And as I say, we're going to look at this start of a year, at this time of so many emotions, at Ephesians chapter 6 and at Paul's command to the Ephesians, Paul's encouragement, his exhortation to the Ephesians, Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against 
sorry, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the lord's people and pray also for me that whenever i speak words may be given me that i will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which i'm an ambassador in chains and pray that i may declare it fearlessly as i should it's paul's last advice to the ephesians in this letter anyway his parting words, he said all sorts of things to them. He's spoken to them about all sorts of subjects and situations. And this is what he thinks they need. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. This is his advice to them. Be strong. You see, be strong on its own as a command, as just that it could sound somewhat pressurizing a bit harsh really it could either breed some arrogant pride look how strong I am I can be strong or to be honest crushing despair how can I be strong look how weak I am look how much I must have failed I can't be strong, Paul. But that isn't what Paul says. Not be strong, come on you lot. Find some strength. But be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. In fact, in the inherent in what Paul says is a recognition we are weak. We aren't strong. We can't be strong except in him. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. See, Paul's call is not for a pressurized self-strengthening exercise. I must be strong. I must keep going. I mustn't appear weak in any way. But actually, Paul's great advice to the Ephesians is totally rely on him totally rely on the Lord who is strong and who has mighty power the one who is faithful the one who is utterly reliable the one who is never taken by surprise the one who is never outwitted never lacking anything On the Lord and his mighty power. Paul's recognizing, almost as he says it, we can all say, 
Yeah, but Paul, I'm weak. I haven't got anything. I've got nothing to give. And he tells us, I know. But he is strong. And his mighty power is enough for you. In fact, Paul's call is to recognize our weakness and find strength in the Lord who is mighty in power. Peter says it like this in 2 Peter chapter 1. In 2 Peter, 2 Peter 1 and verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these he's given us his very great and precious promises. So that through them you may participate in the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. It's him who's given us everything. Everything we need. None of it comes from ourselves. So Paul's simple instruction to us is trust him, come to him, come to the God who is so much bigger. Again, as we sang, it's so simple and yet so profound. Our God, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing that he cannot do. The counterpart could be, I'm so small, so weak and so helpless, without him there's nothing I can do. And yet in him, there is nothing he cannot do. But what does Paul then go on to to tell us? Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. He goes on to tell us to put on the full armor of God. In fact, he tells us, here is where you find protection and strength and the ability to stand and to fight. To stand strong in him. To stand strong in the Lord. To face every day, every circumstance, every trial, every test, every every first day of school. Every new day that comes. Every night that seems so dark. And Paul doesn't tell us, put on the full comfort blanket of God. Or even the super strong force field of God that will isolate you from everything and keep everything out. But he tells us to put on the full armor of God. Armor acknowledges the battle. It recognizes that challenges will come, that we are facing trial and trouble. And that we're on a mission. So what does he call this armour? Verse 13, he says, Therefore put on the full armour of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Sound like strange pieces of armor. But they're wonderful. My question to us here, do we recognize the power and the worth and the protection and security provided in God by means of his full armor? As Paul describes it, we see something that is tangible. It's wearable. It's real. It's powerful. It gives us strength. And the call is to put it on, to not take it for granted and to know its power. Truth, righteousness, the gospel of peace, salvation, faith, and the spirit of God. His word, powerful, real, and tangible because, for one reason, because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Paul reminds us that our enemy is not people. We're not fighting those who are around us. However good or bad they may appear to be, however misguided their actions, however terrible things that will happen. Our battle is not with flesh and blood. In Romans chapter 8, Paul again reminds us that actually everything that goes on, all the people who are around us, anything that happens can never separate us from the love of God. Romans 8 and verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it's written, for your sake we face death all day long. We're considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we're more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us. If we're in Christ, we are secure in him. There's nothing that can separate us. No person, no circumstance can take us from his love. From Jesus, our saviour and our hope. Our hope in life and death. Horrible times may come. Confusing, painful, awful situations. Grief and trauma that we know. Yet we can have confidence that nothing can separate us from his love. In the midst of the worst of times, in the midst of trauma and loss and grief, in the midst of health struggles, in the midst of confusion or perceived injustice, this isn't fair. In the midst of problems at school or at work or at home. In all this, we are more than conquerors. As Paul says here, 
our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We are more than conquerors in him. Nothing can separate us from his love. And yet, there is an enemy who tries to attack. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5 and verse 8, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. You see, in any and every circumstance, in the trials and the pain, in day-to-day life, in going back to school, in troubles at work, in grief and pain, in trials. There is an enemy who wants to take us off track. There is an enemy who wants to feed us with lies. Our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against our enemy. Powers of this dark world... Sorry, let me go back and read that properly. It's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Our enemy, the devil, loves to lie. in the midst of anything that's going on. We can hear the enemy's whispers. What's the point? Does God really love you? Does anyone actually care? You know, if God was really there, he wouldn't allow this. You know everyone's against you. Look how easy things are for other people. Or, look at how well they cope in a difficult situation and then look at you. There's a potential in any circumstance, but in the midst of pain, the enemy wants to come and say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Just give up. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. But we will make a stand against the enemy's schemes. He wants to come and say, Nah. Why are you still trusting? But he's a liar. He's been a liar since the beginning. In the garden, did God really say... So what is Paul's advice? Put it on. Put on the full armour of God. So I'm going to look a bit ridiculous. I've made some armour. And I'm going to put it on. I'm going to probably put it on in the wrong order because it's difficult to put it on in the right order. (laughs) 
our feet equipped with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. I didn't really know what that looked like. So I've just got some armour for my feet. Put it on. Know the truth of the gospel. Know the equipping and the readiness of his mighty power in, in the gospel of peace. Take up the belt of truth. I can do this bit. As long as the microphone doesn't fall down. Come on. We're going to do this. It's there. Belt of peace around your waist. It's not peace, is it? It's truth, isn't it? The belt of truth around your waist. Nikki, I need your help now. Breastplate of righteousness. I've got two ties to do. Know the righteousness that he has given you in Christ. Not what we have done. It's all what he has done in equipping us. We stand in him. In his truth. In his righteousness. Okay, but you need to get more silly. It's a helmet of salvation. We're saved. If you're in Christ, you're saved and added. He has done it. He has won you. Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish every, all of the fiery darts of the enemy because it's by faith that we say no, no, no. That isn't true. He's not right. I'm loved by the king. I'm not giving up. I'm going to press on. I'm going to stand firm in him. And you might say, I haven't got a sword. But having knocked everything on the floor, I do have a sword. The word of God. And no, he is good. Stand in faith. Holding up your shield to say, as the enemy attacks and says, what's the point in carrying on? Do you know what? Everyone else, they know what they're doing, but you, mm, and let those flame, fiery darts hit and bounce off. By faith, say no. No, I am a child of God. And I know in every circumstance, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Stand firm. Know the truth. Know his righteousness, his salvation. Believe it, know it, that God is good. He loves you and he knows you and he died in your place and therefore whatever comes our way, whatever happens, nothing can separate us from his love. As we stand in faith, Standing firm in the face of every fiery dart that comes from the evil one. 
Paul goes on. I'm nearly finished. I'm not going to stand here looking this ridiculous for too long. I'm looking good. It's an improvement. That's what you're saying, bless. Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Got to get back to Ephesians 6. This is an encouragement. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything to stand. Encourage us to put on all of this armor. Put it on. Be deliberate. Remember his righteousness, his salvation, the gospel of peace. Stand in faith. Know the truth. But then he goes on and says, having put on the armour, pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. This is Paul's encouragement. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. But his implication is we're not alone. We're not standing on our own. Not one man with some armor on. But as we come to him and put on the full armor of God, he calls us pray in the spirit on all occasions and go on praying for all the Lord's people. Or for all people, in fact. It goes even wider. The implication is we are standing together. As we all put on the armor of God, and we all say, I'm, I'm lifting up my brothers and sisters in prayer. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of requests for all people. Whatever we face, whatever's coming up, whatever's gone before, we stand. Not in our own strength, in his. And not on our own but as a family, standing, going together on this continuing mission to, yeah, to boldly go where we haven't gone before, where God is leading us, where God is taking us to reach the lost, to see the city change, to see what God wants to do in 2024. But that encouragement is where I want us to land, that we don't stand on our own. We've got armour to put on. We've got a God to trust in his mighty power. But there are prayers to pray as we lift one another up to him. See, Paul's not calling us to be self-sufficient, but to rely fully on God, who is strong, and to stand together to pray for one another, to lift one another up, to recognize the truth of 1 Corinthians 12, that we are a body together. When one part suffers, we all suffer. And when one rejoices, we all rejoice with them. But just as I know what a pain in my hand feels like, even if I'm, like my brain knows it, my, my heart knows it, everything knows it, we stand together, we join together, We love one another. 
So my encouragement as we close actually is to hear one another praying. I'm going to encourage us as we close actually to stand and pray together. Not specifically to pray individually for one another, but to pray our prayers of crying out to God. Praying maybe for all of us. Praying for the city. Praying for God to strengthen us in his mighty power. And maybe we'll do that all together. And you can pray as loudly or as quietly as you like. That can be in your head. But I encourage you to open your mouths. And then maybe as that dies down, it would be great to hear one or, one or two, maybe more. Because there's an encouragement as we stand together. Amen. Oh, it's so good to hear your prayers. It's so good to hear what you're praying. And to join you and say, yes, we're in this together. Not just, well, I got to pray it, which is great. But I heard Joe praying it. I heard Carrie praying it. I heard Shane praying it. And I agreed with him. And we joined in together and said, yes, amen. Our God is bigger. Our God is so big, so strong and so mighty. There's nothing that he cannot do. And we're trusting him. Amen. Can I ask, could we do that together? We might sing in a moment, but I'm just going to encourage us as loudly or as quietly as you like just to pray. You can be praying for one another. You can be praying for what you want to see happen. You can be praying your prayers to God. But then if one or two want to be brave... It'd be great to then hear you and to go for it in, in shouting the Amen as we stand together and say, yeah, we are a body together and he is our God. Okay, let's pray together. Yes, Father, we thank you. We thank you.